Happy Thursday evening. If you're here in the Midwest, like all four of us are, it's a it's a snowy, cold, early January night. But Top Rope Nation is talking a little 2023 pro wrestling tonight. We're going to heat it up. I got Justin Joint. I got Jesse Velasquez. And I got a very special guest on the line who I will introduce momentarily to get things started. Justin Joint, how are you doing tonight, sir? Pretty good, man. Just bracing for that uh, blizzard we're supposed to get tonight and tomorrow. Yep. They have already called off school here. My uh, two school-aged children are quite excited right now. So Yeah, they, they have not can... called off my work yet, which I, I'm not assuming they will because we're just spokes <laughs> on the wheel not. there. Yeah. Well, uh, stay safe on your way to work tomorrow, Justin. We got anything in the glass tonight for the draft? Yeah. Uh, so... During the Christmas break, my father-in-law was in town and uh, requested I get him a bottle of 12-year Buchanan, which is a blended scotch whiskey. It is uh, really good. So that's what I will be sipping on tonight. Very nice. I like it. The hard stuff. Going with the hard stuff tonight. Jesse, Jesse Velasquez, a little north of here. I don't know. Maybe it's a little colder than it is here in Iowa. How are you doing? 10 degrees. My throat is 85%. We're almost there. We're supposed to get snow, I think, early afternoon. So picking up my son from immersion tomorrow might turn into an ice skating rink. Not looking forward to it at all. She'll see how that goes. Safe. What do you got in the glass? Good tires. So I felt the pressure from the two of you to kind of upgrade in terms of the alcohol perspective. This (laughs) isn't cheap, but it's not expensive. And I'm staying clear tonight because of the throat. I went with a little Hendrix Gin. Ooh, oh, Hendrix wow. is good stuff. I've never tried it. I have so, not had that either. Got about a shot and a quarter in here, along with my customary nice. Gatorade Zero, just to you know keep the senses on point here. <laughs> so this, yeah, I think this is gonna be a real fun time tonight. I'm really looking forward to it all, especially with our guest. I'm super yeah, excited. Yeah, let's to bring have him. let's let's bring him on right now. So we've been wanting to get this guy on the show for quite some time, and. Uh, Jesse put the heat on. He said, this is, this would be the great guest to have on this show. And, uh, I've, I've been talking to this man for quite a while. We've been talking, but honestly, most of our Twitter interaction, I would say, you know, we followed each other because of wrestling, Phil Lindsay. But a lot of the times when we talk, it's more about Chicago sports and uh, complaining about the bulls or the bears. And so just to the East of Justin and I here from the Windy City. It's Phil Lindsay by way of the Grap City podcast on Fightful, Bleacher Report featured columnist. Phil, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm good. I uh, have not uh, focused on the weather like you guys, and I have nothing <laughs> to drink, so I am completely uh, out of my depth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it, it is the city there? of wind, as Common once said, so is it, uh, is it supposed to snow down there? It's supposed to snow, but, you know, I expect cold weather. Uh, we've had a mild winter, so I don't know. Every time we have one of these, like, big storm uh, scares and people are like, it's going to snow, I'm like, 
it's winter. <laughs> I, I expect it's gonna snow. <laughs> but has it been know, warm for you guys in Iowa? Oh man, this was our first snow really of the year this week mm-hmm. too. I mean, we had a little bit at one point in time, but I mean, this the grass was still green on Christmas. It was very strange. So yeah, I mean, this week though it's hit us hard. We had like about twelve inches of snow Monday night, like an inch last night, and it's supposed to I don't know like ten tonight, something like that. Blizzard yep. conditions is crazy. So I mean, I expect it, but you know what I don't like is that ninety percent of the population forgets how to drive in the winter every single time, and it's chaotic out there so yeah phil we are super excited to get you on the show though and jesse you have anything you want to say about phil joining i know you're pretty pumped about this i i do so at the end of 2021 i had three podcasts on rotation top rope nation grapsity the corner they're still on rotation to this day i just so happen to be a member of top rope nation <laughs> yes i listened back to our episodes Yes, I help out in, in some way, shape, or form. So this is kind of a, a marriage of two of my three favorite podcasts going. So if you don't listen to Grapsity, Phil can promote it later too. But check it out on Saturday mornings. It's a really deep dive, and it's a very unique perspective on the world of professional wrestling amongst other things that they discuss. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, we're looking forward to this draft now. I don't know. No pressure, Phil, but uh, yeah, this is this is tradition in Top Rope Nations. These draft shows once in a while. So I'll let Justin explain the rules on what we're doing tonight. Go ahead, Justin. Well, real quick before I do that, Ryan, I have two questions for you. Okay. Did you tell us what's in your glass tonight? I did not. I changed it up. I've been drinking a lot of zombie dust lately. I feel oh, like fun. A lot stuff. of Sierra Nevada um, celebration. I got the Robert the Bruce Three Floyds tonight. Ooh, all right. Uh, a second question. For the winter time. Yeah. What is that? Second Ryan? question. Oh, sorry about that, Justin. I believe it's what like style? a Scotch ale. I think it's a it's a darker yes. yeah Scottish style ale. Yeah, I got it in the glass here. You know, got that darker color to it, so kind of yeah. reddish. Okay. Uh, second question. What's your shirt? Oh, this is a bootleg, but it is for the uh, 1990 Wrestling Summit show over in Japan. Oh, nice. So we got Savage and Tenru on there. You got Hogan and Hanson, I believe. Yeah, I picked this up online like a year ago or so. Very Not, nice. Non-official, but a lot of times the non-official stuff is the best stuff I have found. So. <laughs> I love also the only it. person here that doesn't have a wrestling shirt on. I <laughs> yeah, what's on your shirt, Phil? It's a, it's a, it's a Lupe Fiasco sweatshirt. Nice. Oh, there you go. Nice. Very nice. We're hip-hop fans on this show. Oh, yeah. All right, Justin. Okay. What's the rule? This was your idea. Yep. We're not doing an auction this time. We are doing snake fashion. Uh, We are going to draft in five categories, and you can fill those categories whenever you want. Uh, Obviously, once someone takes something in a specific uh, category, you cannot take that anymore. The categories are men's wrestler of the year, women's wrestler of the year, Tag team of the year, match of the year, and show of the year. So those will be the categories we'll be filling up tonight. And just before we went live, we did our draft order, a little list randomizer, and it came out that the new guy in the blog gets the first pick. Phil's going first, (laughs) Jesse, Justin, then myself, and then we'll snake back. So Phil, the floor is yours. You can choose from any of those five categories uh, and tell us what your pick is and why. Uh, 
unlike the Chicago Bears, I will try not to waste this number one pick. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that they're going to try and uh, waste this pick this year. Well, yeah, I think so too. Just uh, be safe. Take Caleb. That's all they got to do. Just take Caleb. Um, I don't think they should take Caleb. I actually think Ooh. either they should either they should trade the pick or they should get a receiver. Marvin Harrison Jr. Just declared today, right? I agree. That's what I think. Um, but I'm going to take uh, wrestler of the year, men's wrestler of the year, and I'm going to take Big Willie Osprey. Nice. Um, I think in terms of like in ring, I don't know if anybody had the year that he had um, across multiple promotions. Um, had probably multiple match of the year contenders with more than one company, um, possibly a part of my match of the year as well. Um, yeah, I think he was kind of a no brainer for rest of the year and a, a dagger right into the heart of Jesse. I was just thinking that Jesse, Jesse, I guarantee you were going to pick that word. Pick <laughs> 100%. I thought well, it was you a can get one of his too. matches, Jesse. Not to like nudge you in a certain direction, but I know, I know. Uh, without giving it away, Ryan, would he have been your wrestler of the year? Uh, top two for sure, possibly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You? Nope. You, Justin? No. Nope. You nope. would not okay. be. All right. All right. Well, I mean, first pick overall. I say that's a pretty solid choice, Jesse. What do you got? In terms of wrestler of the year. Whatever your pick's going to be. Oh, whatever my pick's going to be. I would assume Osprey would have been yours. Osprey was right on top. I had like a dissertation on why, too. And I was just. Give it to us. We don't need to go (laughs) into that. Yeah, do it, man. still do it, even though it wasn't (laughs) a pick. I mean, Phil covered a lot of it. He spread out across three different continents. I believe it was like six different countries. And unreal. 32 and 5 win loss record, as Chris Charlton mentioned, on Wrestle Kingdom 18. I mean, look at his match quality alone. Kenny Omega twice, Speedball Mike Bailey, Zack Sabre Jr., John Moxley, Josh Alexander. One of the best matches of the year was Shota Umino. By the way, if you haven't seen that, Power Struggle in November. Shota, like I said, he's going to be, I think he's going to be the leader, the ace coming up in a couple of years. But I could be wrong. I don't know. So, yeah. Gave us a well incredible Kenta match out of nowhere. One of the best Kenta matches we've seen in probably like five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On top of that, he's the son of Red Shoes. You come on now. You gotta love that guy. <laughs> nice. All right. What's your pick, Jesse? Oh, do I lose the draft right here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm being serious because I I had somebody try to nudge me in a direction to take a certain person. In this pick, I am not going to do that. I am going to go match of the year. And since we're going to lock up Will Ospreay in this one, Osprey Omega from Wrestle Kingdom 17. I could I could have called that. I knew that. Was <laughs> I went with my heart on this one and not my head. I will explain what the head pick would have been a little bit later when I think it goes. I watched this match very early in the morning, turned every social media, social media device off. Coffee was just absolutely brewed to a T, laser focused. And I think much like in a lot of customary fashions the last few years, January 4th usually produces a top one or two professional wrestling match of the year. And these guys put on everything that I wanted and more. 
So if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it, please. Phil, are you one of those guys that will watch Wrestle Kingdom live? Do you get up early in the morning or stay up all night? Are you one of those guys? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jesse's yeah. hardcore too. Yeah, it was it was worth staying up for this year. We got the we got the Brian match, got uh, Naito completing the story. Um, yeah, I, I usually stay up. Um, I've said more than once. I think that New Japan is possibly my favorite company out of all the wrestling companies. So I usually try to stay up. So I assume you probably got tickets today to the show coming to Chicago at the Wind Trust. I did not, but I'm I'm going to eventually. Yeah, I saw there's a pre-sale today. I think so. I was thinking about it. I, I almost texted you, Justin, about you want to go to Chicago in April for a New Japan show. There's plenty of tickets left still, from what I saw. But what a good time. What weekend is it? It's like the eight, 13th, so, 18th, something like that. It's the week of WrestleMania. Oh, is it? Ooh. Yeah. Is it like the Saturday after Mania or something like that? Yeah. yeah, so WrestleMania right. is that Sunday. It's that following Saturday. I think. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Or Friday. Possibly. Might, might be Friday, I think. Okay. And they'll get a lot of nice. AEW talent in there, I'm assuming, because look at this strong card coming up here on Saturday in San Jose. Who loaded. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think the fact that they're doing Wintrust kind of makes me think that they're going to have AEW because AEW runs Wintrust quite often. So. Yeah, and this is the first time Strong is running Wintrust, so kind of makes me think they're going to have AEW. Yeah, I think they might need some help just because of you know losing Jay White this year, losing Will Ospreay, and then you know obviously there's rumors about you know where's Okada going to go. Personally, I think he's going to stay with New Japan, but boy, that would that would be a tough one if they lost him. Yeah, I I even heard uh, Nakamura make a mention of uh, bringing chaos to Cody. On this pu- mm. on this most recent RAW, so. mm-hmm. they like to lean into those teases, even if they're not going to get them. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting. They're not getting. I'm not buying So, all right, Justin, what do you got for us? Number three. All right, uh, I think there's one category here that is pretty dire as far as depth goes. Um, so I'm going to fill it now because I think honestly there's. Only two really good choices for it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the one that was actually team for the full year. Uh, I'm going to pick my tag team of the year, and that's going to be FTR, who, you know, kind of once they finally re-signed with AEW, kicked it off, beating the guns for the tag team titles. They had the, uh, those two great matches uh, against Juice and Jay White, and um, they're just about as as good as it gets. I mean, this is, this is a pretty weak year for both I'd say tag teams themselves and kind of tag team matches for that matter. I mean, there's definitely some, some top quality ones, but uh, compared to, I think previous years, this one uh, was a little dire. Agree. Yeah. I had, I had trouble filling out this category on my big board for sure. So I like that getting that one out of the way early, getting a top team there. I, that that would have been my pick. I, I think this is, this is pretty difficult. So I'm going to have to, Reach down if I choose to go that way next. Uh, guys, any thoughts on FTR though before we push forward in the year that they had? Jesse, do you think a down year for them, even though they're right there at the top? Do you think, you know, a better year than last year? Do you think right about the same? Any thoughts? 
slightly down from 2022. They didn't quite, I mean, they didn't, the only thing they didn't do in 2022 was win the AW World Tag Team mm-hmm. Championships. They dropped mm-hmm. every title almost before the year started. They lost the IWGP tags to Bishimon and then took a few months off and started rolling from April on. <coughs> so there's that cough. And <laughs> yeah, no, I think FTR is the undisputed number one tag team out there yeah. for sure. Phil, any thoughts on FTR's year? I don't know if I would say they're undisputed number one, but I think that they're definitely in the conversation. I would say other than uh, the guy that, you know, the show was billed as his show, uh, Collision was kind of their show for a minute. They were like, mm-hmm. they were carrying Collision for a minute with their matches, with the storylines. I think even currently, uh, the storyline with House of Black was one of the better things going on Collision. Yeah. Agree. Agree. It's it's weird because when I started thinking about this category, you naturally go to FTR as one of the top tag teams in the world. And I, I kind of felt just offhand before I started diving back into the matches they had this year that it was definitely a down year for them. And I, I think it was a down year for them, but still a down year for FTR is really, really damn good. And then, yeah, you start going back through some of even just the television matches they had, and it was still still a heck of a year for him. So, not I wouldn't say as good as as twenty twenty two, but that was pretty top tier stuff, especially you know what they do with the Briscoes and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I think they probably would have been my number one pick. There was like two other teams I was I was definitely considering though. So, I'm not going to go tag team first though with my pick here. I'm going to. I'm going to a category that I struggled with even more because I want to make sure I get a top contender here, and that's female wrestler of the year. All right, and to me, this was a pretty easy choice. Got to go with Rhea Ripley. I think she's been a cornerstone on WWE television this year. I think what she's done just character-wise with Judgment Day, you know, we all, when Judgment Day started with Edge, we were pretty negative on this podcast on the faction but that said, you know, once Edge was out, I think it's become one of the best things on television. And I think a lot of that is due to her. And, you know, she's the leader of Judgment Day. She's the most compelling character in Judgment Day to me. Um, she had a legit match of the year contender with Charlotte at WrestleMania where they righted a wrong from a few years back where Charlotte went over her. And it, that's another thing, too. When you think about Rhea Ripley, I mean, this is someone who had all the momentum in the world. They bring her up from NXT and then she loses to Charlotte at WrestleMania and it just was crushing. It took her a long time to recover from that and to regain momentum. And she's done that and then some this year. I mean, are you looking for like constant four and a half star matches out of her? No, but she's had that match with Charlotte this year. But to me, it's more about recovering the momentum that she had, becoming the cornerstone of one of the best factions in the company cornerstone of television really and just she's become one of the biggest female stars in the company and uh yeah so to me i wanted to i wanted to get rhea ripley if i had the chance so i'm gonna take that one off the board right now what do you guys think i saw a lot of nodding yeah it's it's hard to argue with that um kind of like with tag teams i also struggled with this category um the only knock against uh, Rhea was just kind of the lack of uh, top tier matches, but she does have the the absolute classic at uh, WrestleMania night one. But and I also shout out her uh, work with Dominic 
was mm-hmm. some of the best stuff on television and off television, just on social media. I mean, they, they've got that worked out really well. That relationship, it's great stuff. Yeah. Jesse, jump in here. What do you think? This was the person that I alluded to that I probably should have drafted at two, I felt. However, again, tremendous year. Leader of an of a all-male faction outside of her. Showing tremendous chops. And we're looking forward to seeing what 2024 has in store for her. I think, uh, I think the sky is the limit for Miss Ripley. She's been doing just a tremendous job, not only on television, but also even in her small stints in the ring. She had a great match with Ivy Nile about a week and some change ago, too. Mm-hmm. Phil, thoughts on Rhea's year? Uh, I think she had a great year in terms of, you know, all the things you said character-wise. Um, getting a big win over Charlotte. Um, Judgment Day is constantly on TV on multiple shows. Um, I just think for me, in terms of matches... Uh, it wasn't that impressive of a year for me. Like, I mean, yeah, she had the Charlotte match. She had the Natalia match on TV. But other than that, uh, not a lot of the other ones were that memorable. Um, that's the only reason why I wouldn't have picked her as my women's wrestler of the year. But, um, yeah, other than that, it's hard to argue with her. Yeah, it kind of just comes down to... What are you factoring in, you know, for your wrestler of the year? I agree. Match quality wise, there's better options for sure. Um, but yeah, for me, just total package. I, I had to go with Rhea Ripley. It's, it's been a hell of a year for her. So I'll take her for women's wrestler of the year. And then, you know, I think we'll stay on a similar topic and I'll go men's wrestler of the year and I'll get this one out of the way right now. Oh, no. Um, and <laughs> oh, no. This one, you know, when I look at my list. I had six people that I would be happy with any of them, really. Um, but my 1A and 1B have, have pretty much remained the same. And for the listeners of the pod, they're not going to be surprised. If you're in our Facebook group, you're not going to be surprised. I'm taking Brian Danielson. I know, he's miss, I know he's missed time. you know. But at the same time, you miss time for injury. But when he's been in there or working injured... Look at what this man has done in 2023. I mean, you want to talk about match quality, like Phil just said. This guy in 2023 had arguably the best Iron Man match of all time with MJF at Revolution. And one of the best technical matches of this generation was Zack Sabre Jr. at Wrestle Dream. You know, he had the dream ma- the first time the dream match at Forbidden Door with Okada, and then they just repeated that and early 2024 so i can't factor that in that that match was even better but i i did like despite the injury i liked forbidden door match quite a bit um let's see what else was the end you know match the strap match that we were in or we were at we weren't in that would have been painful we were at (laughs) (laughs) we were at it phil was at it it was one of those things where like you know a week before that show we were so pumped all summer you know, to go to all out and then all in gets announced and and that card was looking really good. And we were kind of bummed. They didn't really build up all out too much, but then that week of all out, they really built it up. And then we got Brian Danielson making the surprise return on collision. And he has what I think is the best strap match of all time with Ricky Starks at all out, which ended up being a hell of a show, by the way, like all of our fears were quickly wiped out sitting there in the United center that night. And I mean, Outside of that, too, I mean, he had a really good match this year with Roosh, um, Anarchy in the Arena. Uh, what else this year? 
Kosuke, uh, Takashita. Yeah, Bandito, yep. Timothy Thatcher. He just had one with Christian not too long. And then everything he did in the, Kingston, the C2. Yeah. Yeah. Everything Claudio. in the C2 was amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it was weird because I we brought this up in our Facebook group multiple times. And some people like scoffed at it. And we were like beside ourselves. How can you scoff at Brian Dan? Look at the resume for, for wrestler of the year. I don't know how you don't consider him. And, you know, some people would bring him. Oh, he missed long stretches of time. It wasn't like so. that long of a stretch, really. And he wrestled a lot this year in spite of that. So I'm really happy with Brian Danielson as my wrestler year. And I'm, I'm glad to get it here as the first pick of round two. Justin, you were pretty disappointed, it looked like, when I said that name. Yeah, th- this, this is my wrestler of the year for all the reasons that you gave. Um, I think my favorite wrestler ever might be, uh, you know, Patch C2, uh, Daniel Danielson. Uh, it was just incredible. All of his stuff with Eddie Kingston was magical. Um, yeah, I just, just and, and not to mention, it's the kicking off of kind of his pseudo retirement tour. You know, this mm-hmm. is kind of the last we're going to get of full time Danielson. And I mean, he, he is absolutely going out with a bang, too. I can't wait to see what he does in 24. Yeah. Jesse. You guys hit every single thing. I honestly thought considered him with the second pick just to steal your thunder, Ryan. I really did. And it probably would have stolen a lot of thunder in the groups that are going to vote on this category, too, or just the draft as a whole. Yeah, this is one of those things where a strategy, this is why these shows are so fun. Strategy factors in because you start looking at it and you're like, you want to get some of those top picks from your big board and you got to decide where to take them. Because, you know, you might not end up with them on your board at the end of the night. Like Justin said, you know, if we were just choosing our wrestler of the year, he would be your wrestler of the year. But now you're forced to go another direction, at least for draft purposes. So uh, what do you think, Phil, on Brian Danielson's 2023? Yeah, I think he was uh, I think he was definitely in the conversation. Probably one B for me. Um, that stretch of TV matches he had right before the uh, MJF match was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had several really good TV matches like. When people are like scoffing at this, I think you should go back and look at like the list of TV matches, not just the pay-per-view matches, the list of TV matches he had this year. Did not disappoint. No, nearly unparalleled in 2023 for television matches, for sure. All right. So Brian Danielson off the board. This leads us to Justin Joint. What do you got? Yeah, well, since he is off the board, I'm just going to go back to instead of, you know, picking with my heart, I'm going to go back to my head and strategy. I'm going to take care of the other category that I had some pretty major concerns with. Uh, I'm going to take, luckily, the the, the person who I had number one uh, on my board here for Women's Wrestler of the Year. I'm going to take Athena who was the Ring of Honor Women's Champion the entire year, won it uh, in December of 22, excuse me, 22, and uh, had it the entire year. Just in in the thing about her, kind of like with Rhea, she doesn't really have a lot of like classic matches this year, but you, you can almost put on any one. And just because of the way she's been working since she left WWE, it's just so in, incredibly unique. I mean, and you could almost just call it, you know, strong style. Uh, she's just had an incredible year. And like I said, besides from maybe the lack of classics, the only other knock against her is that she's kind of behind a paywall is the only way you can watch her. Uh, why she is not on AEW television more often 
is just beyond me. Uh, so yeah, I'm going Athena here. When you made that pick, I could see Jesse. Like he just <laughs> he was beside himself, and I'm pretty sure I saw a little bit of Phil Lindsay die. You know, I saw the look in his eyes. I feel like Phil was maybe thinking about Athena for women's wrestler too. Phil, where, where are you at on Athena's year? I don't think it's any debate. I don't think anybody else is in the conversation or even close. She is. She was women's wrestler of the year. I think that um, when you look at all of the complaints people have had with AEW's women's division and you look at Ring of Honor, it is night and day. Um, it's a completely different show in terms of women's wrestling and that is partially because of Athena. Uh, they had to establish another belt because this woman will not lose um, <laughs> I, I i also disagree with the idea that she doesn't have any classics she had two incredible willow matches th- yeah. last year she had the the street chicago street fight with uh kira at united center that was also really really good um uh, she had the layla hirsch match that is incredibly underrated um no yeah, she's another one with just a list of matches if you go through there not even close, I don't think, in terms of U.S. wrestling. Not even close. <laughs> There's no one else even in the conversation. Yeah, I could I could tell I saw that look in your eye. You were disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well said. Jesse, how you doing, man? Have you recovered? I thought it was too early to take her at two. I didn't think either of you were even considering her at all. I'm like, I'm just going to go steal her at seven and watch Phil die inside. I was dead serious. <laughs> I, I would have strongly... <laughs> considered even taking her over Danielson there just because of the depth of the, you know, men's wrestler of the year and how, you know, head, head over everybody else. She is compared to all the other ladies and the best, you know, the best thing when you make a pick is when everybody else makes your argument better than even you did. So thank you. (laughs) Go look at the Billy Stark story. It's on YouTube. So good. I mean, Phil covered all the matches, I think. The, the the double with Willow, who, by the way, handed Athena her only singles loss this year. So, yeah, I think un, undisputed number one, just like Phil said. And, yeah, I I did die inside. I thought, I was like, I'm just going to steal this in the second round. I'll just take the match of the year that I want, and, you know, just kind of <laughs> pat myself on the shoulder. So, nice work, Justin. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. You know, yeah. first woman to Very main good. event to Ring of Honor pay-per-views as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it's there her year. Yeah, Jesse, it's wide open now. After that, what are you thinking for your next pick? <laughs> uh, in terms of like, I think hierarchy on this list because every the one category I took is super deep still. That's still deep. All right. Well, I'm going to take the event that I want first. It's completely throwing me off my board because, again, there's so much depth here. I scrolled through all four that where I felt were very equal. I'm going AEW's Revolution. Mm-hmm. I think top yeah. to bottom, it was excellent. I'm looking at the other three that I had, and there were a ton of moments there, too. You had a Hangman Moxley match in the middle that was, you could arguably throw in the in the match of the year conversation. People kind of forget about it because the main event was just so good. You had House of Black in a trios match with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. That was tremendous. That would have stolen quite a few shows as well. I think just top to bottom, the depth of that show and just kind of the meaning of it, the crowning of MJF is like, 
he's not just a character. The guy can go in the ring too. Granted, he had a mm-hmm. dance partner with Danielson as well, but I mean, this elevated him to yet another level. So I'm going with AW Revolution. And also, don't sleep on the final burial match. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, even though it was a little cheesy, how he Christian just oh yeah dropped uh, dropped to the floor, uh, lickety split at the end. But uh, <laughs> it was really fun. Right after a decent Ricky Starks Chris Jericho match, which opened the show. I was going to say one of the last really good Chris Jericho matches, wasn't it? I mean, he's had a very down year, but that was a pretty good match. Yeah. I think this is a this is a common pick for AEW's best show of the year. I mean, AEW always has great pay-per-views for the most part, but yeah, this is this is definitely up there, I think. No argument for me. Phil, Revolution, any thoughts? Um, not my pick, but I think that it's one of uh, a few AEW shows that were up at the top for me. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, what do you got, Phil? You got two picks in a row. You can go any direction you want here. Uh, I, I won't say I struggle, but I feel like it's kind of a no brainer who is breakout star of the year. So I'm going to get that one out the way. Um, I think it's clearly LA night. Like nobody else made a larger leap from 2022 to 2023. Um, this guy starting the year with that, that, uh, match with Bray that was heavily, heavily criticized. And even the program itself, people are wondering, where does this guy go from here? And then he turns around and ex- inexplicably becomes one of the hottest wrestlers in the world, not just in WWE, in the world. You can go to AEW shows right now and hear Yeah Chance. You can see people dressed up as this guy at any promotion you go to see at this point. And it's not like he had like this huge category of matches. It's not like he had like this huge like year of moments but in terms of like guys that are just like i said that move the furthest ahead in a year it's la night by far um also got the main event with roman at crown jewel um he's in the midst of another title match with roman um wouldn't have guessed that this would be where la night is but super happy for him justin uh, I mean, I can't argue against that pick. I um, guess the only problem is that it wasn't one of the categories. <laughs> no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I, I think if, if we were doing breakout star of the year, though, I mean, that's pretty much automatic for sure. You made you you laid the case out. And that is a common year end award for sure. But yeah, we don't have what do we got now? Tag team, men's wrestler, female wrestler, match of the year, event Show of the year. year. Yeah, okay. So you got to be with one of those five. But I mean, that was a great case. I might cut that into a YouTube short, despite that not being a category. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't know what what would be the other options for breakout star. Dom, maybe. That's like one. He'd be in the conversation. Um, just, I mean, he's just improved a lot this year. I mean, look at the crowd reactions to that guy. I mean, he's better uh, in the ring than he was. He's still not like a great wrestler yeah. in the ring but like from a personality standpoint and just as yeah as a performer i think overall he would be in the conversation we all knew swerve's greatness mm-hmm. i think that's enough mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I would say julia hart's in the conversation as well oh there you oh, go yeah, yeah that's yeah. A good one. yeah yeah i was gonna say sky blue but i mean she's kind of been around for a while too yeah but like more featured on tv this year for sure mm-hmm. so yeah i could see that all right, Phil. Actual I'm throw back to you. Yes. Uh, 
Tag team of the year. I would swear. Uh, I'm going to go with event of the year. Um, okay. I'm going to go with uh, Russell Dream. I think Russell Dream is probably one of the top shows of last year um, in terms of matches. I think that it had a really, really good crowd. Um, I think having the Zack Sabre match with Brian on that card, as well as the very first um, Swerve match with Hangman, which was really, really good. Um, and then closing the night with uh, Adam Copeland debuting, I think it was one of the better shows this year. Well, damn it, that was going to be my pick. <laughs> I knew I, I knew I, I knew I probably wouldn't get it by the time it circled back to me. This is a problem going at the end. Like it's been forever since Phil picked. Mm-hmm. You know, he forgot the categories. It's been so long since he picked. Now, <laughs> That's true. By the by the time I, I get it gets back to me, I'm going to have this beer done, and I'm going to be feeling pretty good, but I'm going to be left with not a lot of great options, probably. So, that, I, yeah. I think that would have been mine, too. I mean, because, mm-hmm. you know, even the ones that he mentioned, you still have, you know, the main event with uh, Christian Cage and Darby Allen was really good. I mean, they're just, Very there really event. wasn't any misses on this entire card. No. It was 1B for me. I actually scrolled up and down Cage match, watched half of revolution and then a couple of the matches that i didn't really remember from wrestle dream just to make sure this was the pick that i wanted it was very very close so yeah 1b i think that those two that have been picked revolution and and wrestle dream not that there weren't other really good shows i want to talk about them but to me those two pretty easily stood above the rest those were my top two for sure and they're now off the board Damn it. Yeah. So that was also Julia Julia's kind of coming out party as well, because mm-hmm. that's where the first TBS title match was. Um yeah, really good paper. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Can't argue with it. You still have women's wrestler, tag team, and match of the year for your categories. Yeah. And we're snaking back around, here. so it's your pick again. Uh tag team of the year is a little bit tougher for me, so I'm gonna go ahead and jump and get that one out the way. Um I'm going to go with Sammy and KO um, just in terms of accomplishments this year, um, being one of the first teams to main event WrestleMania, um, getting a win over the Usos at Mania and ending their run uh, and just bringing like the PWG uh, reference to WrestleMania is huge for them. Um, I think they had like a streak of really good TV matches, main eventing raw as well. Um, I kind of wish that their reign had ended on ended better than it did. But I think in terms of output and in terms of accomplishments, it's kind of hard to debate anybody else. Yeah, I honestly, man, I think you might have won the draft with those two <laughs> picks. And then especially when you factor in Osprey. Um yeah. we still got a little ways to go, but it is hard to argue. I mean, with my when I made the list, and I already said the tag team was one of the hardest ones I had. I I had wrote down FTR and Zane and Owens. And then I struggled for everything after that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I think you got the second of, you know, the, the top tier of tag teams this year. Yeah, I agree. This was, this was, I was considering it with my second pick when I went before, you know, like I said, I wanted to get a women's wrestler. And then I was thinking tag team too, because those were the two categories I struggled the most with coming up with four options. I just wanted Brian on my list so bad that I won't. Now. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm regretting it. There, there are definitely like men's wrestler year has a lot of contenders. I should have waited. 
And uh, yeah, this is a, this is a good pick. I regret not doing it now. So, all right. Well, that leads us to Jesse. Okay. This is where strategy comes into play here. So I'm going to take the third tag team off the board right now. Uh, this, again, very, very short here. And this is probably people's fourth, fifth, sixth. This is personally my third. I'm going Aussie Open. Unified IWGP tag champs with the strong ROH tag champs. Competed in multiple those AEW as well. I mean... Injury to Mark Davis towards the tail end of the year. But I think Kyle Fletcher, my goodness, like that kid in a few years is going to be, if he decides to go to the singles uh, division, I think he's got a shot to be a very top tier performer wherever he lands. Even if he stays in AEW, becomes a main eventer there or travels elsewhere. But you could just tell even last summer when they competed with Will Ospreay in the trios division that they had something. And they were able to convey that to audiences in the in the performances that they had, not only in Japan, but also on AEW television and Ring of Honor television, for that matter. They were behind a paywall a lot this year, too. So Aussie opens my choice. They had a really sterling win-loss record as well, for those who care. Yeah, yeah I mean, the only reason that they weren't more of a no-brainer for me was the injury. I mean, we kind of lost yeah. almost a quarter of the year because of the injury. So uh, that really held them back in my rankings, but uh, I'm, you're not going to get any arguments from me. They were, were next up on my list, so now I'm going to be struggling. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, on my made-up category, Kyle Fletcher's another one that could have been on yeah. anybody's list for like breakout star of the year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, nice pick. I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go tag team here in a minute, and I'm, I'm going to struggle. But all right, hmm. where are we at here, Justin? Yep. Okay, boy, I was so into your guys's picks, I kind of forgot mine was coming up, <laughs> and now I have a decision to make. Okay, um, I'm going with my heart here. Finally. The one thing with this pick is that it, it it's, you know, cause we say when we watch matches, you know, you can have a match that in the moment feels like a classic, but sometimes like matches need to age like wine. You have to go back and see, you know, did they have a long-term effect on things or was it just kind of a, a one-off? Uh, and this is one of those matches. And, and this is a match where I'm betting for a payoff down the line and that this wasn't just kind of the, the, the peak of the trajectory for one of the wrestlers involved. Uh, I'm going with a match that had me cackling and giggling like a schoolgirl while I was watching it. I'm going with hangman swerve, Texas death from full gear. Ah, Justin, <laughs> this has been a rough round for me. Yes. Yeah. Can't argue. I mean, shocking to some people, Justin, that they would have that much blood. Even oh, people man. who covered uh, ECW back in the day were stunned. <laughs> stunned you could like this match. He he didn't ingest it, everybody. He spit it out in one of the <laughs> coolest pitchers ever. It was incredible. And like I said, so what I was alluding to was if for some reason Swerve doesn't end up AEW world champion, I think that's going to hurt the way I kind of look back on this match. Uh, but I am betting on on Swerve actually getting to the mountaintop. And, and this is the match that really, you know, 
shined a light on him being a top guy, being a main eventer, going in. I don't think a lot of people bought the fact that you know he could get the win against Hangman in Hangman's you know speciality. You go back to Revolution where he beat Moxley in a Texas Death. Um, I'm, and this is not a perfect match. I, I, I think it could have gone without the the Brian Cage interference. Uh, another small uh, complaint would be that the center block was maybe just a little too gimmicked. But other than that, uh, I could watch this match over and over again. It is just incredible. I agree. I have watched it maybe three times. Maybe three times. Love that match so much. Great pick. Guys, any thoughts? Jesse? Yes, this is very, very high on my board. I have watched it two times. The Top Swerve Nation shirts coming out. Please don't sue us. <laughs> no, I know you know some people, so please don't don't get us sued. Uh, <laughs> no, I seriously, I think, uh, yeah, that was a tremendous, tremendous match. And we're going to see a third installment here at some point in time. I think it's going to be for some gold. Can't wait for it. I sure it. hope so. I sure hope so. Phil? Yeah, it's pretty high on my list of match of the year candidates as well. Um, I agree that uh, it's one of the things that push Swerve into a different stratosphere. Um, I feel like there's no way this man cannot end end up as champion some way, sometime this year. It has to happen at this point. Um, mm-hmm. He's just way too over. Um, he's he's just it's time. It's his time. You could tell during the Continental Classic as well. It's just his time. Yeah. Just you can just feel the momentum every time the mm-hmm. guy's out there. Certainly, you can feel it live. I mean, this match he's he's still basically working heel, but I mean, like he was the dastardly heel in this feud, and yet everyone was cheering for him. It seemed like, and I, I agree, this is what really pushed him over the top. That was such a memorable match, and I mean, it's it's one of a handful of matches that it's gonna live on from this last year for decades probably people will be talking about that match i think so i'm disappointed that's going to be the fascinating thing going forward here with swerve because you know he is a heel right now but when you combine someone who is so good in the ring and just Mm -hmm. so naturally cool like he is it just he's gonna be a baby face at some point this year in my opinion expect you know with the crowd reactions like you already said you already seen signs pop up all over the place that you got the the reaction to whose house you know so uh just a matter of time my oldest daughter was so confused last night watching uh, dynamite with me she's eight and she loves swerve as does my five-year-old they do the dance every time he comes out and so, you know, he came out and then later in the show, when she saw, you know, the rest of the mogul embassy, she was so confused, even though she watches it like pretty much weekly. Wait, why is swear with them again? Because those are bad guys. I'm like, well, you know, like, yeah, he's a bad guy, too, but we like him. You know, So, yeah, great pick, Justin. You had to get it one before me. So I am. uh Man, I wanted that. I was thinking about Aussie Open. I was thinking about Sammy and KO to get my. I'm going to save tag team now just because yeah, I'm the only one left wrong. with tag team. So Justin I'll, I'll save might that do it two drafts in a row. Yeah. yeah. You won our last draft, right? Usually Phil, what we do is we, we do like a social media poll on who wins the draft. And we'll put a graphic up. So, um, all right, I guess I will go. Hmm. There's so many choices for match of the year. It's, it's pretty deep. I think I'll go wrestling event of the year next. We have two off the board. One more person need to pick. 
event of the year still? Same me. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the show we were at then. Ooh. I think I'm going to go with all out at the United Center. This is this is, you know, we we criticize Uncle Dave sometimes here on the show and his star ratings. But I mean, if you just strictly go by the observer star ratings on the show, there's four matches, four and a half stars or higher. That's incredible. You know, we got, I said it earlier when I picked Brian, we got arguably the best strap match of all time with Ricky Starks on short notice. I, to me, it was the best strap match of all time. I've seen quite a few and this is up there. Um, I, we got Brian coming out to final countdown, which added on to the mystique of that match for sure. Love that being there, uh, Takeshita and Omega. I mean, that was a match that some people had as their match of the year. I saw out there, we got, you know, orange Cassidy in the main event with Moxley showing he belonged in the main event after, you know, Cassie was someone who was kind of in the rest of the year category, a lot of the year too, maybe in contention. Getting that main event spot, he lost to Moxley in this one, but I mean, showing that he could hang in the main event of a pay per view. We had what Blackpool Combat Club against Kingston and Shibata. Did you mention the Meet Forever match? Yep, Miro and Hobbs started that chant during that match too. Eight man tag. The eight man. Mm. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Bullet Club Gold, FTR in the box, in the semi main. Dave gave that four and a half. I mean, you finish. Just looking at the observer, five to cash to Omega, four and a half, that eight man, four and a half, the main event, plus five earlier on the card with Brian and, and Starks. And some of those I probably wouldn't be at four and a half, but I would definitely have them over four. I would have Danielson and Starks at five for sure. I, all four of those are definitely over four stars to me. So I feel, yeah, I feel pretty confident taking this as my show of the year i would have liked to have gotten wrestle dream but I'll, I'll take all out and just being there adds on to it personally to have this on my board so the in the other part of that show and, and this is an extreme exaggeration but it kind of felt like it saved aew a little bit coming out of all in and, and, and punk getting fired and it was like you know going into that show it felt like we were kind of in the doldrums, a little down in spirits, you know, and there was the fact that almost the entire card had to be announced in, you know, a few days. Uh, and then it just completely over-delivered, you know, and, and I, I, I praised it in our review pod. It's like I praised the crowd because you had people trying to start the CM Punk chance and everybody shut it down because it's not about him anymore. It, it was about the company, you know, it was about this show. It was about this wrestling. Um so I, I thought the entire, obviously we're biased because, you know, some of us were there, uh, but it felt magical in that arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We Jesse. were near a lot of those chants, by mm-hmm. the way. The the meet started, I think, a section over. The CM Punk start, stuff started a few rows in front of us. I mean, Justin, you and I covered the pre-show and we were very nervous in how we got tickets to this and we were just like, this is going to fall flat. Mm-hmm. You were looking forward to Orange Cassidy the most, wrestling John Moxley in the main event. And then other than that, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if Ricky, who Ricky Starks was going to wrestle or if he was going to wrestle at all. Because CM Punk's status and future at the time wasn't determined. And then Saturday night, they go, oh, Punk's fired. Here comes Danielson to step in. And then 
they delivered just for me it was match of the night i think maybe for probably the two of you on the left probably as well i mean yeah top to bottom just being there and having such low expectations in them for them to exceed and exceed it and then some definitely ranks it up there it was definitely on my top four yeah phil you were there right what do you think yeah, really, really good show. Um, getting to see Brian Russell in the United Center, getting final countdown in the United Center, um, sitting in the press scrum afterwards, and Brian was like, "This was a big deal for him to wrestle here because he was a super, su- he was a Seattle SuperSonics fan, and I got to boom one of my favorite wrestlers in the world because." Don't come in my in my city and talk about the Supersonics when those guys got beat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know, the first Bulls game I ever went to was Bulls Supersonics. Not the finals, I wish, but yeah. years after. I think it was like 05 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just a that. great night. Great night of wrestling. Um, I of course am joking about the Brian stuff, but also, like I said, getting to see Brian get that moment. And like I said, hearing final countdown here and um, getting to see him talk about um, drop a drop a Sonics reference and then go on to talk about Sean Kemp in, in the press conference. It's like, where are we right now? Yeah, that was incredible. I remember watching that back when we got home the next day because I love watching the press scrums and that. Brian's always great in the press scrums. Everything he says just comes across so from the heart like he means every word he's such an honest dude just comes across as a great guy so yeah that's awesome that you got to participate in that and be there all of us being Um, nba fans as well too yeah that's a definite fantastic reference right there yeah all right and with that i think i'll go into my match of the year because all i have left is match of the year tag team of the year and (laughs) um i think i'm gonna go back to revolution on this one, you know, I, I could go with Brian and Starks from All Out. I don't think that one's been taken. We've only had two matches of the years, right? Yeah. But I think I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to go back to an event that I didn't get for event of the year, but I can get the match of the year from that. So I'm going to go with Brian Danielson, MJF, the Iron Man match from Revolution. It was just we we have been very vocal on the show that we want to see Brian have a world title run so bad i know he's winded down his career we would love to see him just hold the aw world title going into this match we didn't think that that was going to happen at all because it was so early in mjf's run but the match was so good that at times like i almost felt like maybe it's going to happen you know and i thought that the heel work on mjf of course was incredible in this match i remember there was one point in the match where he like screamed at the camera, tell Birdie hi or something like that. Um, they go, I mean, what was it like? So, a little bit over. It was, they had the overtime, right? They tied 65 minutes, about yeah. 65 minutes in this match. Um, the, the announcing too, you know, Justin, you always talk about how you have this superpower to like totally ignore the announcing. But I thought the announcing in this mo- one actually added quite a bit to it. Agree. Um, they, at the very end, they had MJF and he's locking in the LaBelle lock and Brian's hand drops two times. And then Brian's trying to fight out of it. The crowd's like way behind him and Excalibur screams, Brian Danielson will not be denied. But then he slumps back down and it's over and he taps out. I, I thought it was a great ending Four three. I believe was the, was the tally on it at the end, but we said it on the pod. 
you know, I think the next morning or that night, I can remember when we reviewed it, but we said greatest Ironman match of all time in the discussion, at least. I think I think Kyle was on that show. That's when he was still on the pod. And I still think all these months later, I think it is probably the best Ironman match of all time. So if I can have that on my board, I'm definitely going to take it. So I feel confident adding it here. Justin, was that you reacting? I was looking at my notes from Revolution. I heard someone react when I picked it. Somebody did. Uh, I already had my match of the year, but I mean, I I love that match. That would probably be number two for me. Um, It's not often that uh, an Ironman match flies by, especially when it's, you know, when it's not like, you know, eight to nine or 10 to 11. Like it it was still, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of falls in it, Uh, but it told a Mm -hmm. perfect story and it really made MJF. And unfortunately, that was probably the peak of MJF for the year in his title reign. But uh, uh, just incredible stuff from from both guys. Yeah. I also had it at number two. Just- yes, it was a toggle between that and Hangman and Swerve for two and three. So I like again, I think it was just the, for me, it was the coming out party for Max. That, that put it mm-hmm. o- over the top right there. And, of course, Danielson adding just yet another all-timer to his resume. Yeah, how it's really, really difficult to make a over 60-minute match compelling. And the two of them, I didn't really blink throughout the match. I was intently focused for the full 60, I think, seven minutes and then some. So, yeah, mm-hmm. give him the kudos. Phil? Yeah, uh match i was lucky enough to be in the building for really really good match um uh i think max has at least like two or three of them from last year that are very very good that's definitely his best match as champion um his best title defense um i mean just it just capped off a really really good run of matches for brian as well before he went off tv for a little bit um yeah hard to argue with it um for one of the top matches of last year. Nice. I didn't know you were at that. Now I'm even more jealous. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't even remember. Where was Revolution? Uh, San Francisco? Yes. Chase Center. Yeah, Chase Center, yeah. That's right. That's right. Nice. All right. Well, this leaves uh, Justin Joint. Justin, where are you going with your pick? I am giddy right now. Um. <laughs> All I have left is event of the year and my wrestler of the year, men's wrestler of the year. Uh, event of the year is all filled up for you guys, so I, I can wait on that. And I get to take who I would have ranked number two as my men's wrestler of the year behind Brian Danielson. I'm going with the guy who had the best start to finish story of the entire year. I'm going with Eddie Kingston, who... You know, loses to Claudio at Supercard of Honor in a fantastic match. You know, he goes to the G1, his dream, and just puts on freaking classic after classic after classic. Fulfills his dream of becoming a world champion by beating Claudio, the guy he couldn't beat at AEW Grand Slam. Goes on to the C2 once again. Classic after classic, telling just an absolute beautiful story And then finally getting to beat Danielson where it's incredible. His celebration of beating Danielson was more than his celebration from when he won the ring of honor world title. I mean, you could just see how much that meant to him. So he overcomes that Danielson mountain 
and then goes on to 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 climb the other one to to conquer John Moxley, his best friend, in another just absolute uh, amazing match. You know, it's just there's definitely guys Osprey Danielson. You, you know, you line up the matches side to side, you compare star ratings. Osprey Danielson are going to just knock Eddie out of the park, but you just there, there's not a story better in 2023 than Eddie Kingston's. Jesse? He wasn't even in my consideration for the top four, but what you just told me, like sold me on it completely. And we're all Eddie Kingston fans, marks, whatever you want to call us in here. So to see him get his upcomings and pretty much the only thing, there's one thing left on his resume to do. We don't know if he's ever going to accomplish it. So if he doesn't, I mean, this is the banner year, especially the banner month, being able to put the final nail in the coffin of his demons to be able to defeat Danielson and Moxley back to back. How many performers can say that they've done that, Mm -hmm. especially when they're argue that they're at their peaks, but if they're not, they're close. Mm -hmm. So great pick now that I think about it. Nice, Justin. Thank you. Well, I think when, when you think about the voting for this too, with it, had the December that he just had. I mean, that's going to be fresh in people's minds. So I, I see some strategy with that too. But yeah, I, I did not have him in consideration. I had like, when I say seven guys in my list, and I did not have him on there. But you make you make a compelling case. We all love Eddie Kingston. What do you think, Phil? Uh, yeah, I think he made a very, very good case for Eddie. Um, I think the Continental Classic was such a shot in the arm for AEW. And I thought his mm-hmm. story was the perfect way to handle it and the perfect way to cap it off um, having him finally um, overcome a bunch of his demons um, sliding in there the CM Punk stuff as well with the bum um, sign and the king of the bum stuff I caught that as well I thought that was a great way for him to cap off all of this stuff that he has gone through from his entire time with AEW up to this point and kind of uh, finish off all of those stories at the same time. The only thing that's left for him to do is to go back and win the TNT championship because that's how he debuted. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. I mean, he slayed his final boss. It felt like at, you know, the Continental classic, but yeah, there's a couple of more things he could do. And that I didn't even think about that. That is how he debuted. That would be perfect. I could see, I could see that we, we all like thought, especially during the pandemic, he would have made a good pandemic era champion. Um, for for the world title because it just seemed like it was totally wide open. He would have been viable in that role. I don't know if we'll ever see him get into that that you know part of the card, but he is always super popular. He legit is a tough guy. TNT title that would be great. I could definitely see that one happening. So I like the pick, Justin. I didn't consider it. Now I feel kind of dumb not having <laughs> consider it. But that's yeah, it's a, it's a good pick, I, I, Jesse. What do you my, got? Real quick, my men's wrestle of the year went seven yeah. deep. Um, and I he, like I said, I would have gone Osprey or Danielson. Well, no, I, I take that back. It would have been Danielson, Kingston, and then Osprey, uh, and then kind of a tier below that. Oh, I took you as a Roman Reigns guy. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. 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 Okay. All right. Jesse, where are you going? This is where it gets really, really tough to find that third gem here. And I have it down to three people just scrolling really, really quick to kind of jog my memory of this category. I am going women's wrestler of the year here, folks. 
I am good. Well, I got to do it character wise as well. I know her matches haven't been the greatest. Timeless Tony Storm will be my pick for the a uh, for the uh, thousand and twenty three. She's she won the title twice, two separate occasions. You could argue she never should have lost it the first time to Hikaru Shida. I think that is something. Mm-hmm. I, especially if they're saving that moment for Soraya, they could have just had Soraya pin whoever and have Storm get it back a little bit later. I didn't like that mm-hmm. at all. But again, as soon as she lost the title the second time and be able to flip the switch to this magical character that she's had ever since to entertain the fans on TV, to get me focused on a picture in picture, commercial <laughs> breaks, something I've never seen before. I mean, yeah, I, tremendous work this year from Tony Storm. And it's about time because I've been following her loosely and I know that she's got a past in stardom. She was the world of stardom champion there. Just, again, red belt, which is top belt of the entire promotion. So she's always had the talent. She she was fine in NXT UK as well. It's just as soon as she came over to the United States, it's just when all of a sudden I think something just got lost in translation and this became a fresh start for her. So to see her all of a sudden just go from kind of, okay, she's stuck with the outcast to, holy cow, this is a pretty incredible character, the uniqueness of a 1940s and 50s character, and still to be able to wrestle pretty well, I think that's a decent case at least to make for Tony Storm. Yeah, I actually had her third on my list. Same. So I had Ripley and Athena up there, and then I had her. I think just, yeah, the character shift is a good selling point on her. Just totally flipping her character. Multiple title wins, like you said. Yeah, I like the pick. I mean, the the category is a bit thin this year as far as, like, top level. And for her having held the title in the second biggest promotion two times and to become such a featured part, you know, like you watch her earlier in the year and you watch her now, it's like, same person? A totally different character work that she's doing. Um, yeah, I, I like the pick a lot. Thoughts, guys? Phil? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, she had a really, really good year. I think she's consistently been not just one of the best women to come from WWE, but one of the best ex-WWE stars AEW has managed to sign. I think she's been consistently good for them um, the entire time she's been there. I think right now she's just on a on a run where she's managed to get everything together. Uh the matches, I, since she's become timeless, Tony Storm are kind of hit or miss, but I think she's going to pull it together. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that was exactly kind of going to be my point, is that she kind of finally found the character. Now she just needs to to merge that with you know, the in-ring work of her previous character, and then she'll kind of have it all together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now where are we at? Uh, we got Phil, who Phil, has women's... Uh, wrestler of the year and match of the year, which I am very excited to hear what he picks for that one. Yeah. Um, I think you guys thought you got me in a box when you pick Athena women's wrestler of the year, (laughs) but at least you not know, I covered women's wrestling for a long time. Watch a lot of wrestling. So not going to get me in a box, not going to get me out of here. I am going to go with Tam Nakano because she had a fantastic year going from being kind of the bridesmaid at Russell Kingdom and people forget she was in that match with Kyrie because the match was so short and then you got Mercedes debut right after it. So nobody talks about poor Tam at all. Then she came behind and beat Julia out of nowhere uh, for the World of Stardom Championship, became 
the first woman since I think 2017 to hold both the war- world and Wonder Stardom belt at the same time, uh, beating Mina Shirakawa. Uh, also had a really, really good match with Shuri. Um, yeah, I think, of course, it's hard for me to argue that anybody had the year that Athena did, but I think Tam quietly had a very, very good year in terms of accomplishments, um, historic moments. Because, uh, again, people counted this woman out <laughs> like she was done. As soon as that Julia match was announced, people just knew Julia was going to retain. Nice. I Jesse. I did some investigative reporting on this and just seeing that she's been World of Stardom champ now for I think we're approaching nine months, top of the promotion. And in uh correct uh, Phil, you can answer this as well. Which which faction? Uh Cosmic Angels. Um but yeah, she's hurt constant uh at the moment, so she actually is not champion. Um but I mean, still, regardless, like she was just at the last start in pay-per-view. It's going to be back from injury soon. But I mean, she never lost that belt. She had to drop the belt because of injury. Because I also consider Julia to drag. Oh, can't hear you, Jesse. I think you might have hit your mic button. Am I good? Yeah. Yep, you're back. Okay. I think uh, Julia was in my consideration as well. She's the New Japan Strong Women's Champion on top of what she's doing in stardom as well. And she's obviously the most coveted free, well, second most coveted free agent out there from a women's perspective. We all know who number one is right now. But, I mean, she's dang near as talented as Mercedes is too. So, I mean, who, who knows? I think it all depends on where she lands, where we go from there. But, yeah, Tam, Tam Nakano had a tremendous year. In 2023, yeah, she was like the very tip top of my honorable mention. Good pick, very good pick. All right, you got two in a row, Phil. Uh, Your last pick coming up, match of the year, match, match of, of the, the year. year. Um, I am going to go with uh, since I could not get Athena, I am going to go with Willow versus Athena from Death Before Dishonor. I think it's one of the best women's matches of the year. Um, but I think also it's just one of the best matches of the year. I think it, it just main eventing a show with Willow being one of the first women to main event a Ring of Honor show was a big deal. And then they proceeded to have a match of the night. They proceeded to have um, a kind of a love story to women's wrestling across this match. Um, absolutely love this match. If you did not see this match, if you're one of those people, odds behind the paywall. Go and watch this match. It is really one of the best matches of 2023. Yeah, I was I was glad when I picked Athena, you know, and I said that, you know, she, she kind of like Rhea, she maybe didn't quite have, you know, a, a lot of classic matches. Uh, that Phil put me in my place by, you know, reminding us all that she actually did. And I get to I was trying to make the point, I just didn't articulate it, was that because because like all of her stuff was behind a paywall, just not a lot of people saw it. Not a lot of people talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the classic that I was referring to was this match. The, you know, everything that Phil said, th- this is uh, easily the women's match of the year. And, and shit, to his point, it's, you know, one of the best matches of the year. Period. Yeah. It disappoints me to see the Willow Nightingale's direction right now. She's just kind of stuck in the middle. Like I alluded to you with you, Ryan, the week before Wrestle Dream and how she was just a throw-in opponent for Julia Hart. I was 
I wasn't heartbroken, mm-hmm. but I was shocked. Like you could have easily, yeah. it was almost on par for me with Hiroshi Tanahashi pinning Swerve Strickland in Collision right before Forbidden Door. It was very close. So yeah, yeah it was a good match. Very good match. The the paywall aspect sucks because so much good work is being done in Ring of Honor by the women that I really hope they get a streaming deal announced this year and get something going so that more people are getting access. Or even, you know, even if they were on like Max or something, people might just stumble upon it and get exposed to the work that's happening there versus it's like we talk about this on the pod. Unless you're a super hardcore wrestling fan, it's so hard to justify paying for Ring of Honor right now outside of the pay-per-views just because of like you see the belts on Dynamite, you know, you see stuff being defended on TV that it's it's hard unless you really want to see and you're a completist like a lot of us are. And more people should be seeing this work for sure. So good pick. I like that one. That's a you got a strong collection here, Phil. Nice job on your first draft. I like it. Jesse, where you at? This is where it's tough because I have my number three and my number four wrestler of the year sitting there. (laughs) And I can make an argument for both. I'm going to go with the one that was the most consistent from top to bottom. As much as it pains me to go against Maxwell Jacob Friedman in this conversation right now, because I think that second half of the year with the character-wise, it just... Eh, it was a little middling with the stories. And I mean, he had the great match with Kenny Omega on collision. Mm-hmm. Close the year just fine there, too. But I think top to bottom, I got to give a WWE person some props. Gunther, baby. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Gunther's my wrestler of the year <laughs> in in this category. I think start, start to finish. From a uniqueness perspective, too, there's nobody like him worldwide. There's nobody. There might be somebody in Japan, but I could, I can't think of anybody there right now. Just to see, he's so unique to the WWE. You could throw him in AEW; he would just he'd be suited just fine. And oh, by the way, he can actually talk. Mm-hmm. He he was able to go back and forth with the Miz. That's actually one of the rare things that uh, helped Gunther in this aspect was working with the Miz on the microphone. So we had that. We had mm-hmm. a series of Chad Gable matches that were awesome. The Triple Threat, the, Sh- the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. That was on my very short list for match of the year as well. It was my WWE match of the year. I mean, I think 2024 could be a bigger year for him. Maybe the fourth world championship in the promotion. We, we shall see there. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Gunther over MJF just because of the consistency here is the reason why I'm taking him. Uh, Jesse, you forgot the number one reason why anybody should be able to pick him for wrestler of the year. And my apologies to Rick and Stewart in the Facebook group, but he broke that goddamn honky talk man's intercontinental title record. <laughs> Goodbye. Sayonara. We, we got a Final. real champion now with the record. 500 plus days. I wish we could have added that ricochet match in from SmackDown at the very end of 2022. Cause that was one of my favorite matches of that year too. Yeah. I mean, and just, yeah, the elevation of the title, continuing to elevate the title too. You know, and, and kind of like Good just day. how like Athena stands out with her in-ring work compared to like everybody else around her. Gunther's the same way in the WWE ring. There's just like, there's nobody like him in that entire federation. You know, it, he's one of the few reasons that make me, you know, watch them or, or want to watch them. It, you know, it's Gunther. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. 
stands out from WWE can feel quite bland at times, but he he definitely has a totally dif- different feel to him. And I'm glad they've given him the long title run and hopefully setting him up for something bigger down the line. We'll see. Uh, Phil, any thoughts on, on Gunther's year? Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really good year. Um, just starting the year with the Royal Rumble, um, um, having a whatever the record is uh, for the amount of time in the match, um, was second away from winning this thing. Um, then going on and, like you said, having the triple threat at WrestleMania, uh, uh, annihilating Miz in Chicago, um, I, sitting around and watching other people chanting for Miz to win this match. And I was just like, guys, this isn't happening. This guy's getting up out of here. Have you not been listening to the promos going into this? This man is Thanos. It is inevitable. He is going to lose. And, 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 and watching it and watching everybody around me, dreams get crushed as this guy lost. I'm like, no, what did you think was going to happen? This guy is going to lose. <laughs> oh, I wish I was in the crowd with you just for that moment. Oh, yeah, there, there were no so idea. many just... people chanting Miz around me. And I was like, this, is, this isn't happening, guys. Miz is losing. Jesse's preview of that match on his, I think it was on unplugged his Patreon show that we have on our Patreon paywall. Just talking about the people who thought the Miz had a chance. What are you smoking? What? No, no. And gave you, gave no. you another chance on raw. You thought, Oh, you thought he was going to get another chance at this? Nope. 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 This guy is losing. <laughs> I also love the idea that people think that, you know, Miz is maybe the best intercontinental champion ever. And, Gunther beating him huh. and beating him with the walls of Jericho. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have That's to ask amazing. you one question off topic, Phil. I know you were escorted to the back into the press room when CM Punk came out in Chicago. I, I need your thoughts on that before we go to the last two picks. Um, yeah. I don't know why that happened. Um, I think that uh, there were many things that happened that night that I didn't find as amusing as other people thought. And I, there were quite a few people that laughed at my pain when I tweeted it. And I was just like, this isn't funny. Like, why am I in here? Why What? Why is this happening? Like, what, seriously, what is going on here? <laughs> why did you do this to us? And uh, other people yeah. were just... And the, the other thing that made it funnier is that people were like, aha, you media folks thought that, you know, they were going to let you know that Punk was back. And I'm just like, no, no, no. Everybody reported that this was not happening because it seemed like it wasn't happening because none of this got in. There was no talks until this week. <laughs> so, no, it, me being in this press room while this is happening proves that all the reports about it were correct. And you're <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I assume you could hear the crowd in the press room. Uh, we going crazy how we found out um i think chris van vliet had the video because van, uh, van vliet was sitting next to me um i think he had the video somewhere on twitter or on one of his accounts somewhere where we could all see it on like a small tv land on the floor um and i'm just like what is this and of course we can hear colton personality after a while you can hear the reaction and everything but yeah that's how we found out is somebody was like wait punk is here and it was on the tv on the floor in the press room Oh my God. <laughs> wow. I felt your pain all the way through that, Phil. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <sighs> On that note, Justin, what do you have? What is your last category? Where are you at now? 
All I have left is event of the year. Ah, okay. And I have uh, three events left on my short list. Um, and I guess to give them away, these two I'm not going to pick. You know, I, I coming into tonight, I, I was going to take all in if possible, just because of its historical significance. And it just, it doesn't have any, to me, any true blue classic matches on it, but like just the presentation of it, uh, it looked incredible. And just the fact that, you know, they put that many people into Wembley stadium, the the accomplishment of it uh, is just undeniable. Then on the flip side of that, the other one I'm considering or was considering not taking it, but, and I'm talking about them because you guys have this filled up, but, uh, and this is more about just like top to bottom in ring work would be forbidden door. It was just kind of, you know, I, there's not a bad match on the card. It's, it's really good. It's got, you know, obviously I think Osprey Omega from wrestle kingdom is way better than the one from forbidden door. I don't really like the shenanigans at the end of this one, but it's still an incredible match, but, uh, just a great show overall. I have chosen to diversify my draft a little bit. It, it is uh, AW heavy. Um, and it's just, I'm not a big WWE fan these days, but the one thing that they do right is spectacle. And WrestleMania night one was just, a, a really fun show. And, and, and it, to me, I think it's a top five uh, like entrance design or however you want to put that. You know, it's just an incredible stage. Um, you also had Ray and Dom, which I think over-delivered in a major way. You know, Ray Charlotte, we've already talked about that numerous times. An incredible, hard-hitting match. And then the tag team title match to, to end the show, the main event, Sami Zayn and KO finally getting their moment, even though it's a consolation prize for Sami Zayn after losing to Roman Reigns the previous month. Anywho, it's still a fun show top to bottom. Even if, if Cena mailed it in against uh, Austin theory, which actually makes me like it a little more now that I said it out loud. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> just no, nobody does it like nobody does it like WWE on a big stage. L.A., WrestleMania, Night One. Uh, night One, undefeated in WrestleManias? Yeah. Justin, I think we came on, I think it was you and I on the review of Night One, and then Jesse did Night Two with me, if I remember yeah. right. And, yeah, we were, like, blown away by Night One. Best WWE pay-per-view in a long time. Mm-hmm. Best night of WrestleMania in many years. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I waited a little bit longer, I was going to consider this. This was definitely on my short list. It was... It was a hell of a night, for sure. Jesse, go ahead. It was my number four. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All In was five for me. I think you you mentioned it all. And when we're done with this pod, I'm watching Ray and Dom just for the entrances alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Dom, don't get me wrong great. on how spectacular that was. But for Ray to also have a mix of Snoop Dogg, Dre, I think a couple other hip-hop songs in there before he came to the ring. Like, I wanted... I wanted nothing more than to jump through the television and just be there (laughs) oh man that had me just going and then of course i think and kevin and sammy versus the usos was on my short list for match of the year too the drama the story Mm -hmm. and they closed it brilliantly the crowd was eating out of its hands and rightfully so 
that's a that's a very very that's another very very short list i think for wwe match of the year probably one or two in most people's cases so yeah i great yeah. pick the, justin the only way it could have you know gotten over the top which would have gotten drafted way earlier if it, the ic title was on night one instead of night two mm-hmm. seth rollins logan yeah. paul was a pretty solid yeah. match as well yeah. they had the tag turmoil in the Lost oh. to make it. Can't hear you. It's very good. Up. You there, Jesse? Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. here. No, saying that okay. the... Lost your audio. Yeah. It just went off again. <laughs> I keep looking at it. I can't hear you. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> I, can see, I can see the blue light, and I can see it go off on your feed when it yeah. happens. Oh, it just went off No, again. it's it's there. That's bad. Okay. <laughs> so the tag team turmoil match I thought was very good as well. With yeah, another one profits. that over-delivered. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that whole night was fantastic. Phil, I know you watch WWE, too, but, I mean, we're pretty low on WWE these days. I don't know how you feel, but that that's undeniable. The Night One of Mania was a great show. Uh, I was surprised that none of you guys picked Night One um, up to this point because I feel like it's widely considered one of the best shows of the year. Uh, it was my first WrestleMania mm-hmm. that I've ever gone to. Um, oh. So um, it's up there. I think that WrestleMania 39 would go down as one of the best WrestleManias ever if they did not decide to not just give Cody the win. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it, it yeah. is what it is. We'll all just pretend that Sammy and KO versus the Usos was the main event of the show. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, it, night one was really good. I think night two had some odd decisions on it, but even night two was pretty good. You still had Bianca Oscar versus uh, on that one. You still had the the triple threat for the IC title on that one. Um, yeah, you just had odd decisions like the 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 Valor Edge match didn't really deliver the way I think on what a lot of people wanted it to. Um, yeah, stopping a match, a Hell in the Cell match because of blood. What are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. the, the, right. like the forgettable women's tag four way mm-hmm. as well. That was also on there. Yeah. Um, but all around, it was one of the best WrestleManias in recent memory. It's just mm-hmm. they just didn't stick that landing, man. You just could have gave Cody the win, but <sighs> I would say best WrestleMania since 31, probably. Same I mean, it's been a long time. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so. yeah, I mean, I think WWE had a strong year of pay-per-views as well. Yes. Um mm-hmm. I think just that for my personal enjoyment, AEW had better shows in terms of what I like. Um but I mean, Backlash was very very good. Money in the Bank was good. Um I thought SummerSlam was very good as well. They had a good they had a good year of Backlash was on my short list. Backlash was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that was an incredible show, especially just the crowd. Mm-hmm. They got to get back there. That crowd in Puerto Rico was amazing. Agreed. Uh, yeah. So I won't go yeah. as far as saying Bad wow. Bunny versus Damian Priest was match of the year quality, though. Mm, no, we, I like the match a lot, but it was know, good. The, uh, the other legacy of of Backlash is that I think that was the first time they used the more understated entrance way, mm-hmm. where they had the fans totally in the round, and you the. They're really coming out of the crowd like the old days, and they've kept that up ever since. You can sell more tickets. You know, they had that style Survivor Series, Phil, in Chicago, and they've kept that. I love that entrance way. It's it's so much different than TV. Again, you get more people in the building, but it's just I like the look of it a lot better. And when they 
when they brought that out at Backlash, I remember on the pod, we talked so much about it. Just the entranceway was mm-hmm. awesome. The crowd was on top of them as they came out, and the crowd was so hot. And Yeah. Yeah, I, I was actually kind of considering that in, in my – I mean, if it would have been like a top 10, I probably would have had it in my top 10, honestly, just because of the crowd. It's a great crowd. Just while we're talking about WWE, just to be clear, we all know what match of the year is, right? That is the triple threat between – the Miz, Shane McMahon, and Snoop Dogg. Oh, that's obviously threat. match of the year. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. triple threat I see at Mania was great. Goodbye to Shane's quad. Yeah. God. Ooh. You guys, um, I got the last pick in this draft. It's tag <laughs> team of the year. And it's I don't have pick. a lot to choose from. Yeah, it's just... After that top three, FTR, Owens and Zayn, Aussie Open, it is a huge drop-off. Now, I know that Motor City Machine Guns had a good year, but I don't watch a lot of Impact. I just don't. So I, I can't, in good faith, choose them. I don't watch near as much New Japan as I used to. I need to, I'm going to try to get back into it now, but um, I, I, I didn't see enough of anything outside of the major shows to choose anyone from New Japan. Yeah, I was going to say, I know there has been a lot of love for the astronauts, that's not New Japan, but yep. I know a lot of people love them. I I have not seen a single one of their matches yet, which is uh, on me. But I know a lot of people love them. Mm-hmm. So this is really tough because there's basically two tag teams I'm considering, and I feel match quality is probably better one way, but it's gonna stagnate my overall board because I picked Rhea Ripley and I was considering like the various Judgment Day combinations for tag team of the year, but I don't want to ha- like go with Judgment Day twice on my five <laughs> categories. So I think I and it was definitely a down year for them, but they're still one of the big time over acts in the promotion. I don't want to be too AEW heavy, but I feel like I have to because WWE Judgment Day is the only other one I would consider. Uh, so I got to go with the acclaimed, um, oh. and it's not—it's not for match quality. They had, honestly, they had some good matches with Lethal and Jarrett like early in the year. Uh, but I guess if you look at their year as a whole, just as personalities, uh, what they've done story-wise. I mean, they started the year as tag team champions. They also got the trios title, so you got both things going for them. They did the storyline. With Billy Gunn and you know retiring and coming back, I think that you know the House of Black matches were fine. They weren't like totally great matches, but they they were fine. I, I think the storyline they did was over the summer was decent. And just because this is a category that is so top heavy, and I don't have a lot of choices, <laughs> I have to go with them. I mean, we look, we were at All Out the year before and in 22 when they almost got the tag titles and that crowd was so unbelievably hot for those guys that night. And then they finally did get them. There's no question. 2023 was a down year in comparison to 2022, but they are still massively popular. So it's not, it's not for match quality. It's more just position in the company holding two different sets of tag team championships. I got to go with the acclaimed. I think, I mean, it's a very short list of professional wrestling superstars who have their own specialty world title designs, you know, for whatever that's yeah. worth. <laughs> True. Phil, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I would say the claims up there. I would say like ABC is a good, good gift from impact. Uh, Ooh, that's right. 
Those is tag teams. Tag team I mean, is rough. Uh, y- uh, young Young Bucks had a down year, it seems like, but they're still good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Once you get past like the top three, because um, AW's tag division has been a bit mm-hmm. of a struggle this year. I think having both belts on Jud- Judgment Day for most of the year has kind of hobbled WWE's divisions as well. Um, at the same mm-hmm. time, Pretty Deadly has come up pretty strong from NXT. I think that they have been one of the best call-ups. Um, uh, probably not this year, but eventually. Creed is The, the Creed's are going to be Tag Team of the Year. Yes. It's coming. Those guys are super popular. Yeah. Um, I would say mm-hmm. the best thing coming out of this year in terms of NXT is just how well they've managed to bring up tag teams. And eventually the tag division is going to be good. They just got to split those belts up and figure out what they're going to do. What? Yeah. What is going on with the street profits and specifically Montez Ford? What, I mean, what are they, what are they dragging their feet on? With remember remember when they, they kept teasing us with the split that never happened and they kept acting like he was yeah. going to be a singles wrestler, never went anywhere. Um, yeah, I think they've been probably the biggest victims of not having tag belts on SmackDown because there's mm-hmm. nothing for them to really do other than uh, have the storyline with um, Bobby. And I mean, sure, uh, it's an it's a popular act, but there's nothing else for them to do as a team. Like, I think that's hurting them a lot. But I also think the the stop start push with Montez hurt them a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Elimination Chamber performance that he had. Yeah, I forgot that yeah. was last year uh, yeah. because <laughs> I haven't done anything with him since then. Yeah, it's a shame. To Michael Jenkinson's points in the comments, Swerve had a half year. Mm-hmm. He really didn't do yeah. that much in the first half that was super noteworthy. He was still Je- waiting Je- on Keith Lee. Jesse, what was the loss that you pointed out he had in like midsummer? Hiroshi Tanahashi. You can't you can't throw him in any type of wrestler of the year for that. Yeah. No. So I mean, it's, yeah, the last three four months of the year, absolutely. Oh my gosh. But and the momentum I mean, going forward, I throw once, Samoa once Joe at all right in. Now. Go ahead. I was just once we got to all in with Swerve, you know, and he he gets a match with Sting, you know, teaming with mm-hmm. Christian against Sting and Darby. That I mean, that kind of felt like the kickoff of it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the Darby feud yeah. for sure was really what kicked off his year. Um, man, all the stuff with AR Fox he was doing was really, really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. I'd be stunned if, if we do the same style show next year. I'd be stunned if he's not <laughs> one of the wrestlers of the mm-hmm. year. Hopefully. I mean, I don't know how they can't go with him. It's so obvious that he is the guy to go with right now that I can't imagine Tony not doing it. I, if he's not like elite champion or getting a title match by double or nothing at the latest, something's wrong. Like at the latest, I think you should do it earlier, but like at I, the very latest. I I am gonna say the bold prediction. I believe that he will be champion by March. I hope so. I think I that's really kind of what we've proposed on the pod before. Isn't we it have revolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I because I feel like at this point there's no way you can't just go with him by revolution at the very least because i i mean i get why you put the belt on joe i get that you had to to finish up that storyline but i almost feel like swerve should have been the one to beat max as well um because he had he he had all the momentum on the side you could see the trajectory was there um i'm not mad at joe as champion joe had a fantastic year as well 
but it just really feels like it's first time. Yeah, I, I would love to see him win it at Revolution, if not on TV before, and then him and Hangman main eventing double or nothing in Vegas. But just rekindling that feud, that'd be great. That'd be a great world title match for that show, I think. So I sure hope so. I'll go one tag team to close this out, and I know that they're split and gone. You could give them this almost as like a Hall of Fame award for 2023, the Usos. They had a good first three, four months. And oh, by the way, they pinned uh, Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns in a tag match. Usos versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. So you got to give him something for that. I mean, you could have thrown him an honorable mention list. Yeah. Yeah, I just still don't understand why they split them up. I I really don't have that much of an interest in a Jimmy versus Jay match. I, I get that they want it. Um, but in terms of like that moment of, Jay turning on Roman finally and just how hot that crowd was for them as a tag team. I don't get why you split them. That just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> no. And and the Jimmy turn was stupid. Like it just was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to tell Jesse Velasquez about Jay Uso and his lack of television wins since they went on this singles quote unquote uh, push for him. Just disappoints me. Push him in a pseudo Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels way when they were going towards the Intercontinental Championship, at least, and breaking away from their respective tag teams. Don't just hold them, hold them hostage and throw them in another tag team to win a title with Cody Rhodes. That Dude, made zero sense to me. Forgot he, has the, he has the perfect background <laughs> to go after Gunther. He's the guy who got the win on Roman. Oh, Gunther, nobody can beat you in 500-some days. I beat another dude who hadn't been pinned, you know, and how long. I'm going to do it to you, too. It makes all the sense of the world. Nothing. What an easy story you just told, Ryan. <laughs> right, right. It's logical. <laughs> yeah. I, Don't make I it just, so hard. I just still think they just see him as a tag team guy. I think that's why they haven't pushed him in that direction. I think it's very clear that even the way he pinned Roman, he pinned him in a tag team match. It was not a singles match. Um, I I just still think they see him as a tag team guy, and nothing they've done has really proven me wrong in that. No. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun. I think we'll we'll throw the results up on Twitter, probably the Facebook group, see what people think, who has the best big board. I mean, obviously, if we could all just straight up choose a wrestler of the year and everything, it'd be it'd shake out a little bit different. But the, I think the the draft angle gives this kind of an interesting spin, hopefully made for an interesting listen. We always get guests on these draft shows. So really happy to have Phil Lindsay with us tonight. Phil, where can the listeners find you? What do you got coming up? Uh you can, of course, watch Grapsity every Saturday at noon Eastern on on Fightful's YouTube channel. Uh, that is me, Righteous Reg, as a duo. Um, you can also find my writing at Bleacher Report. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at PhilDL616. Nice. Really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. This was a blast. Thanks uh, for having me. For the yeah. listeners, do you just mind if I run down our picks real quick? Yeah, do it. Just all right. So for men's men's wrestler of the year, Phil took Osprey, Jesse, Gunther. I took Eddie Kingston, Ryan, Eddie Danielson, Eddie Danielson, Brian Danielson. <laughs> uh, women's wrestler of the year, Phil took Nakano. Jesse took Tony Storm. I took Athena. Ryan took Rhea Ripley for match of the year. Phil took Willow versus Athena from uh, shit. Uh, 
Death Before Dishonor. Death Before Thank Dishonor. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jesse took Osprey and Omega from Wrestle Kingdom. I took Hangman and Swerve from Full Gear. Ryan took MJF and Danielson from Revolution. Event of the year, Phil took Wrestle Dream, Jesse Revolution. I took WrestleMania Night One, Ryan All Out. And for Tag Team of the Year, Phil took Sammy and KO, Jesse took Aussie Open, I took FTR, and Ryan took The Acclaimed. There it is. Pretty strong. Pretty strong. That was fun. Boards, I think. Yeah. Great idea, Justin. We've ne- we've done a lot of these award shows over the years since since 2016, but we've never done one as a draft. So hopefully everyone like that. Guys, if you want to hear more from us, we have a new classic show coming up very, very soon on our Patreon page. As I say, is every single week, the best way to support the show is over on Patreon. Top Rope Nation Classics. We've got the poll right now. It's the runoff between Royal Rumble 96 and and Royal Rumble 91, that poll will end in about uh, about two days from now, about 40 hours left on the poll. I give it 48 hours. I put it up around lunchtime today. Uh, it looks right now, Royal Rumble 91 has a slight lead, but it, it is pretty close. But whichever wins 96. that, we'll be covering on Top Rope Nation Classics here at the end of the month. We're, of course, going to be doing uh, a Royal Rumble review after that show. We're going to be doing a Royal Rumble uh, preview show Jesse over on uh, our Patreon side has TRN unplugged. Jesse, anything in the works for this month you want to tell the listeners about? Now that my voice is back, Michael Jenkinson and I will finally be covering Mick Foley's title run or title win 1-4-1999 and putting a bow on WWF-1998. I'll also have another show the following week with a couple of gentlemen that were with me in the Blue Wire Hustle program. You all are familiar with Blue Wire. So, yes. yeah, uh, we've always had tremendous chemistry. We're going to put on a really fun show for that. And then down the pipeline, there's stuff that I'm dreaming in my head and just hoping that it uh, manifests itself here in 2024. So look look out for it. And then, oh, last thing, look out for that classic episode if you have listened to it already with Ryan, Justin, and I from two years ago. Yeah, it's actually it's really up. good. TRN Unplugged. We talked about, uh, what was it, the... Uh, the first decade of the 2000s? Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. We covered Hangman and Danielson's rematch. Mm-hmm. Covered WWE yep. over the two decades and how they've had the same main, main eventers pretty much rotating. Yeah. I mean, not much has changed, has it? <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, so, the, I mean, there you go. TRN Unplugged, TRN Classics. We got TRN Extra once in a while, dropping two over on Patreon. So five bucks a month gets you access to that. Appreciate all of you. You saw the name scrolling earlier in the show that support us on Patreon. And if you don't got five bucks a month, subscribe here on YouTube, totally free, or subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms. Leave us a written review. We have We actually did get recently a new written review just remember that i haven't read it on the show so i should probably do that it says uh this was from zach on zach on apple podcasts and uh he left us a written review back in early mid-december five stars he said one of the better more objective wrestling pods thoughtful analysis on both wwe and aew i personally enjoy the aew coverage more which is where i think these fellows lean for the most part you are correct zach at least right now, as we start 2024. So thank you for the review, Zach. If you want to get yours read on the show, get that up on Apple Podcasts. I will read it on the next episode. Guys, this has been a blast. 
It has been episode 325 of Top Rope Nation. We hope everyone has a great weekend and we will catch you all next week. Take care. Eddie Daniels.